Uh, so good to be here. Um, in the first service, I really uh, had a, a few impressions, and one of the impressions that I felt to share is just how dear this local church family is to the heart of God. Like, like G.T. Moncton is just so special, and it I knew you're special, but it was yesterday when I guess I kind of caught more of God's heart for, for you guys, and before our, our workshop, I came in here, I felt the Lord said, hey, before you do your training, we just come away for just a moment and just, you know, just me and you sit here. So uh, th- we weren't in here. We we're in that other room. And just beforehand, all the lights were off. And I just came to sit down. But I just felt like the Lord said, no, just come. So I came and knelt down behind that camera. And I just turned my heart towards the Lord. And I said, yes, Father, like, what, what do you want to say? And I just, I just, I didn't hear anything, but I felt his love for G.T. Moncton, and it just moved me almost to tears. Like, I had to hold back from just starting to cry. And I'm like, whoa. And I, I, I was thinking to myself, I, I've never experienced that before. Like, this heartfelt uh, adoration of God the Father for a local church family. And I was like, and so I was asking God more about that. Like, why, what's so special? Like, what's so special about G.T. Moncton? And I felt like God was saying that he was honoring there's a heritage because I don't know the heritage of like what where the start came I don't know like I really don't know I just know Pastor Paul and I've been here three three times and I know that the people that I've met are awesome they're hungry for God but I, I, I don't know the history or the journey of, of how it started because God had to have put this vision of this church in somebody's heart to birth it, right? And I don't know if it's connected to others. I just don't know anything about this. But I felt God said that he's honoring the heritage, those that have went before all of these years, like all of the lives that came before. Like you're sitting here enjoying fruit of many years past, right? It's like passing a baton of generations. And I felt like God doesn't see it. Like he sees all the connection points of the start, the middle, now, and he sees the future of what he has in his heart for this church. And I felt like God, his, his love for the heritage of those that had went before that served in children's ministry or the nursery that gave their lives for him in this building and in, in this in this church and then all these years later we're a part of this this heritage but we're a part of a legacy that has that God has in God's heart but also you guys are we're a part of a destiny that God has in his heart of things to come the future okay and so i just want to encourage you that you you as a life are a big deal in God but you also as a church family have an identity and a destiny in God that's really big. And I, I just want to encourage you, it's probably bigger than you know. And God loves this church family of G.T. Moncton a lot. So amen for that. And then another thing that really uh, touched my heart is last night, Paul, Pastor Paul was playing a video of the, the flood or the, the young adults group or that thing. Wow, it was awesome. And he's, he's just watching the video of the young adults and then I heard a voice, like I heard, you know, on the video, I heard someone preaching or speaking, but I heard words, but I could feel, like, behind the words, I could feel, I could feel God. Like, I, I was like, oh my gosh, whoever's preaching, I feel God in his words. And I go, is that Spencer? Like, I, I asked Pastor Paul, is that Spencer? And he goes, that's Spencer. And I just, I just knew that Spencer's carrying something really special for 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 the for the young adults and it's really it's really it, it, sorry Spencer and Chantel but it's really it's not just to do 
events, okay? It's not, it's not, there's purpose for these events, what God wants to do in the events. But what it is, I, what I feel and what I, what it is, it's a spirit of revival. It, it's a spirit of awakening. It really is. It, it's, it's like, there's, yes, I, I, yes, 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 is what it is. And revival is much bigger than a man, okay? It's a spirit of God that wants to move across a generation to awaken people that are asleep to wake up, to, to, to give their lives towards something, to be marked by God, to give their lives away to a people group that are radical. And, and so there, there is a spirit of revival, a spirit of awakening that is coming from this house, house to bless the city, to bless the nation, to bless the world. But it, but it is God. This is God. This is God. God to awaken his people, and it's going to be, yeah, there's young adults, but, but I want to encourage you. I'm 51 years old. I have three kids. I have seven grandkids. I'm not going to let the young people leave me behind. I don't know about you other grandparents. I'm saying that, that the young people have to get it and catch on fire, but us older ones in the faith, let's pick up our swords, and let's be on the front lines with them in this revival. Hallelujah. Because the Lord says it needs all of us. It needs every one of us in this thing. Like this is, this, the moment that we're alive right now is incredible moment in history. Like I know it's so easy to get caught up into our daily grind. Like, like we all have our daily grind. Like we have our daily life. And it's so easy to get locked up in the daily grind of life, of the Monday to Sunday, of the uh, 8 a.m. to the 5 p.m., of the water bill, of the rent, of the children. It's so easy to get just caught up in our, our little life. But, but the thing is, every one of our lives are connected to another life, and there is a big picture in the heart of God, and there's moments and seasons in history that he chooses us to be alive, my friends. And I, and I want to just hopefully encourage you today to let you know it is a monumental time in history right now to be alive. I believe it's the best time in history to be alive. We, my, life, my, my wife and I, we're giving our lives to be missionaries to Europe. And, and people say, like, you know, Europe is dark. Europe, Europe, Europe is this. But I want to encourage you, there is an awakening and there is a revival that is happening in Europe right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. My, my wife's parents are pastors serving for over 35 years in the church. And they tell me, they're like, Jason, they're like, something's going on. Like, there's something special in the air. There's some special sauce going on. They're like, they're like, we're, they, they don't talk like that. I talk like that. They talk more dignified than, than me. And they, they say things like, we've done the same thing for 35 years here, but the results are different. He says the openness that people have to the gospel in Europe, the, the, the ability that we're, where they're stopping and listening to you to hear the gospel, they're saying it's never been like this as long as I can remember. And so, guys, it is a monumental time. I have a, another friend that's a missionary. I feel the Lord's presence, God. We love you so much. Uh, I have a friend that is a missionary to Thailand, given his life there for many years. And he says, he, he just sent me pictures. He goes, Jason, he says, there's something happening in Thailand that hasn't happened for over 100 years. He says, like, that Thailand has been very hard to the gospel, and it's been known as the missionary's graveyard, like just very little fruit, lots of sowing very little fruit. 
But he says there is an awakening, there is a revival that's happening over there. They've had over 200,000 new believers in just the last few years. Last Sunday, they had 4,000 people baptized in Thailand in the, just last Sunday in this group. And it's this, it's, 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 it's a, it's a organic movement where it, it's a, it's called a disciple making movement where they got, they were just going to these small villages and preaching. You know what they were actually doing? This is cool. God gave one of them a strategy to have a prayer booklet. And so what they do is they, they go to these villages and they teach them how to pray to this God named Jesus. Okay. So what they do is like, like, Hey, we want to instruct you how to pray. They're like, you can pray for, you know, your family. They're like, you can pray to Jesus to help you with um, finances. You can, or no, sorry, family. You can help Jesus to help you with healing because Jesus can heal. You can have Jesus help you with depression or anxiety or these things like physical, spiritual. Jesus, you can pray to him. So they have a little prayer book that, that leads them. Dear Jesus, I pray for my family for this, you know, page two. Dear Jesus, I pray that you would heal my body. And it has a blank where they could put my shoulder, like whatever it is. Just like, it looks like, a, it looks like something you would get in children's church, really. It's just a little, like, simple booklet. And then what they do is in two weeks' time, they go back to the village, and they're like, so how are you? Have you been praying to Jesus? Have, do any of you have answered prayer? And the most amazing testimonies are happening of physical healings, financial miracles, family restorations happening. So then what happens? Yeah. So this is cool. They're not Christians yet. They're not Christians. They're just people that don't know God that are praying to this God, Jesus, to help them. So then they gather them and they're like, hey, um, Okay, those of you, we're in, coming back in two weeks. Those that want to know more about this Jesus that you're learning to pray to, we're going to have another special meeting. So then what happens out of their villages, groups will gather, and they'll say, this Jesus that I prayed to, there's crazy stories. This one guy they told me had a, a, a debt of like so many thousands or dollars. Like it was such a big debt he could never get out of. He was... His life was in danger. He had like a mother that was going to die of this disease. And so this one person took this prayer book, prayed out to this God that he doesn't know, just read, heard about. Somehow his, his debt got supernaturally canceled. His family got restored and the mother supernaturally gets healed all in like two weeks. And so then what they do from that, that moment they get the group that, that had these answered prayers or are hungry to know more about God, and then they have a Bible study where they teach them about Jesus or they teach them about creation to Christ. So back at the beginning, the garden, the fall, so then they can start teaching them about Jesus, the Redeemer, but then the Jesus that dies on the cross, so he's the Lamb of God, so their sins can be forgiven, and that how they now can, can choose Jesus and start a new life with him, and then they ask who would like that? And then they're getting saved like crazy and then getting baptized. But then what's cool is they're teaching them right away that the same Jesus that's in the, the, the speaker or whatever is the same Jesus that's in them now to do the same thing. And so they quickly teach these folks how to start, you know, giving the prayer booklets to other people and how to like, 
teach them like creation to Christ, and it's just it's multiplying so fast that you can't stop it. That is cool, right? That's some good news. Praise the Lord. So um, this morning, what I have really in my heart is to share. It's it's the, the hopefully we get to it because so many stories are going through my mind. It's about just being an everyday world changer, okay? Because because that's what I that's what God when He looks down at us, we're His beloved kids, of course, right? Like we all know that. Like the truth of it is, each one of us are God's favorite. Like it just really is. Like it just. You know, I don't know how that works theologically, but I, it's just the truth. Like, every one of us is, is God's absolute favorite. And, and I have, like I said, three kids. I have seven grandkids. But each one of my kids are so different from each other. Like, my oldest son was a straight-A student. His greatest failure in life was he got a B-plus once. And, and he was so traumatized over this potential B that he almost had, seriously, almost like a breakdown at like age 16. And I'm the guy that barely graduated high school, so I'm like, I don't get your problem, son. Like, I, and he's like, Dad, he's like, I, I, I think I might not get an A. Like, I, 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 you, so, so my son was like getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, doing all this extra stuff, calculating. He's like, I don't think I'm going to get an A. He's like, will you go to talk to my teacher? So I go, he's like, will you please give my son an A minus or something? He's about ready to have a breakdown. Is there anything we can do? Help. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I can't do anything for, he's going to get a, a best, a B plus, 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 but no A. And I saw my son struggling in his identity because at some level, my son thought a B plus was a failure. So that's my oldest son, okay? Now he's be a mechanical engineer by degree, but an Amazon, like, social media guru something. My son, he's 27 years old. He's going to be a multimillionaire. Like, he's a crazy kid. He's got, like, 15 employees. Like, my son is a crazy kid, okay? That's my oldest son. So that's Stephen. Then you got Brandon. He's my youngest son that is absolutely nothing like Stephen. They had to share a room. That was tragic. You have Stephen, perfect, everything made, bed, things. You got Brandon, chaos. Like, I don't even, is his bed under the clothes and skateboard somewhere? There might be a bed in there. There was so much chaos sharing a room. We had to put a curtain down the middle of the room just so they could be like, that's my side of the room, that's your side. So different. But, but, but Brandon has such a gift of people on his life that he was literally the coolest kid in the neighborhood. Like, like when he was, I forget what age, we got him like this little electric motorcycle. Like it wasn't real, but it was like electric and made noise. Like I would come outside and he's like, rim, 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 you know, in his electric bike. And all the neighborhood kids are you just looking like, I want to be just like Brandon or I want to be his best friend. Like my kid, my son Brandon had such social skills that people wanted to be like him or friends. My oldest son, paid my youngest son, because they both played football, and th- so you know how you do fundraisers or drives to raise money? So they had to sell candy bars to the, the neighbors to raise money. My older son paid my younger son a commission to sell his candy bars. <laughs> so, 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 so those... So, so th- those, are my t- those are my two boys. And, and they are so different, but each of them are my favorite. They're my favorite because there's just something about them that, 
they each hold a special place in my heart that nobody else can. And what God's teaching me more and more about the entire world is that every person has a special place in God's heart. And he's trying to woo them. He's trying to redeem them. He's trying to let them know how much he loves them, how special they are. And he wants to welcome them into the saving relationship with him. And so it's the love of God is outrageous. All right, I'm going to play a video for you. And this is a, a fun time that me and my wife got to be have in Switzerland where we're going to get into this, but one thing we really love to do is practice sharing Jesus with people that don't know him and to practice trying to hear God's voice for them, to practice if they're, we see like an injury, to practice trying to pray for them and see what God might do. And so it's actually one of our favorite things to do is just see what happens. It's, it's really that way. Let's, kids see what, like, let's see what could happen with, with Jesus in us. And so we got, they asked us, me and my wife, if we could be a part of a film movie in Switzerland where they follow us around with cameras to catch God healing people in Switzerland and meeting Jesus. Okay, you, you got the picture? So, so they're like, hey, well, you guys, for two weeks, we'll follow you with cameras. And if you know me and my wife, we feel, we're normal people. Like, we are not these special people. So instantly, we're like, I don't know. That feels like a lot of pressure. <laughs> that feels like a lot of pressure because these camera people, they're professionals. Like, they get paid good money. And even the guy that asked me, he's like, he's like, hey, these guys are pros from London. They make a lot of money an hour. I'm like, what are you telling me? Like, I can't just make miracles happen. Like, I know you want to film, but like, we can't just do, like, and so, but we prayed. And every other time, because I've been asked a couple times to do some things, and it was always no, like no. And, and so one of my friends asked me, and I was getting ready to say no. And the Lord says, I want you to say yes. And then I'm like, and then I tell the Lord this. I was like, I'll only do it if my wife does it with me. And my, if you know my wife, she does not like this at all. No way. So my wife is so cool. And so I tell my wife, I was like, sweetie, my friend so-and-so asked us if we'd be on the movie with them called Christ in You, the voice where we go around and, and she try to practice hearing Jesus with people in Switzerland. And she's like, no way. She's like, you can do it, but I'm out. And I said, okay, honey, will you at least pray about it and see what God says. And she said, okay, I'll do that. So then she comes back and she says, God told me I got to do it with you. And I'm like, okay. And so we're kind of excited, but honestly kind of nervous. And so we start out the, the first day. I, I forget where it was. And you know how when you just try too hard? You know what I mean? Like you're just trying too hard. And so the first day I just felt like me and my wife were just trying too hard. And honestly, when you try too hard, it usually doesn't go so good, right? You just feel like awkward and it's like trying to make something happen and there's stress and we're like, you can't make God do a miracle. You know what I mean? We can try to love people. And so anyway, I just felt like, I felt pressure. You got four camera guys, like, and they're not wanting to have you just be nice to people. You know, they're wanting to catch something on their camera, you know? So then we know that. And, and, and the camera people aren't like, 
the most Christian also. Like, you know what I mean? So they're there for one thing, document miracles. So they're like, you know, following us around and me and my wife are approaching people. Hello, like, I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot of cameras around us right now, but we are part of a film project that just to want to show the love of Jesus and that miracles really happen today, and we'd be so honored if we could pray for you or whatever, and and so seriously, the first day for everybody felt pretty terrible. Like, the camera people are probably like, you got the wrong couple here. I don't know why you pick these people. Me and Debbie were back at the hotel. I was like, that was terrible. And we got uh, two weeks of this. We're like, this is not going good. We feel stressed. And I just have come to find out over the years when we're not doing well, the best thing to do is talk to God about what's going on. And so I just was like, honey, I got to talk to God. And so I just went away for a minute. And I was like, I was like, Papa God, <laughs> what's happening? We felt to, you know, say yes to this. And he said, he, he told me this. He says, I'm not trying to get you to do miracles on the film. He's like, can you just do what you and Debbie have been trying to practice to do for these years? And he says, well, you just practice loving people. And he said, he says, if the camera people don't catch anything on camera, that's their problem. He's like, your problem, you just love people. And if, because they're also wanting to rush us a little bit. They're like, you're taking too much time. You're taking too much time. Like, and, and so the Lord just said, you take as much time as you need. If you take all day and just talk to one person and just let them know how precious they are, it's the film people's problem. You don't have any pressure on you. And I was like, okay. And so I told Devis, like, sweetie, we don't have to do miracles. Like, let's just do what we like to do. Let's just try to love people, make them feel special and known by God. And the rest is up to the movie people. If we don't even make the movie, that's fine, you know, whatever. And so it took all the pressure off. And so all of a sudden, it's a new day, right? It's a new start for us. And we're, and the camera people still want the action, you know, but it's like, we don't have to submit to that. We submit to God. So we're like, so we're just having fun and getting Starbucks and talking to people and hi, you look so good today. We love Starbucks. Like just enjoying life, you know, and, and this one thing kind of would lead to another and, and it was cool, you know, and then in that grace, we started to see God moving because God moves through grace, right? He doesn't move through works or striving or hard. The truth of it is, it's Christ in us. God's in us already. We're not trying to get him, God, please, fill, come. Like, he's like, I'm inside there. <laughs> he's like, I can, you know, have more. But he's like, you can't get away from me, you know? It's like, it's like sometimes we think God is just way off. I know that he is sitting on the throne, but it's very clear that we are the temple of God, right? It's very clear we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the lights are behind me right now. I don't know if you can see. There's a shadow right there. There's a shadow in every one of you. Like, like how much success am I going to have to get away from my shadow? You know, it's like, 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 like I'm saying, God is with us, guys. Like as soon as you give your life to Christ, you are inseparable from God. It's, it's union. He's with you. You cannot get away. You know when you're making mistakes? You know when you're having a bad day? You know when you maybe you say a bad word or have a bad thought? The Holy Spirit doesn't be like, oh, my gosh, there's sin now. There's not a gap. The, the Holy Spirit, the shadow isn't off in the corner waiting for you to repent before he comes back in. He's with you in your thick, and he's in you within your thin moments. He's with you always. And the thing about this lifestyle of the Spirit is having faith in God. Not faith in your good works, not faith in your faith, not faith in how good you've been this week or your devotionals. Do you know God is with you whether you pray this week or not? 
It doesn't mean your relationship is hot. Like, I got a wife. You got to work on these things for the fire and the relationship, the spark. It, but God's love never changes for you. God's love doesn't change for people. But what I'm saying is that shadow of God's presence, the Holy Spirit, man, he is a force to be reckoned with. But like, like you could be having the worst day in your worst moment, in the worst weakness of your thoughts, thinking that you're just a little grasshopper. And, you know, like Caleb and the giants, and like, we're grasshoppers. They're giants. You can just think, I'm a little grasshopper. And God's like, you think you're a grasshopper, but look who lives inside of you, girl. Look, it's God. It's God. And we're giant killers. And what I've been learning more and more is the more that I don't put my faith or trust in me, okay? I'm not giving a license to sin. I'm not giving a license to not growing in God. You know, sin sucks. Can you just say it? Sin sucks. That sounds better. Good. Okay. It sucks because you know what it does? It keeps us from the glory of God. It keep, not his presence. It keeps us from God's best. God has the best for every one of us, body, soul, spirit. Sin is missing the mark. It's, it's doing less than what God has for us. So he's like, son, daughter, you're better than that. I got more. Those sins are those, they're besetting you. They're holding you back. They're like weights. You're trying to run your race. You're going to the race to win. Get those weights off you so you can run. So it's like this. But he's not leaving us. He's with us. But the more we can be, have trust that like, okay, I see a situation that looks impossible. Oh, okay, I see a situation, a family relationship. Like, it looks impossible. We don't go starting to look to, did I pray enough? Did I get enough uh, teaching this week? Did I, do I do this, that? You know what we should do is start looking, oh, yeah, Christ in me. Whoa, God knows what to do. Whoa, can I let God out in this moment? And let's see what God might do. One moment, I, one time I was going to the college, and uh, I want to share a little bit of my journey getting overcoming fear and stuff, but I was going to the college, and it was the first time where God was asking me to go by myself because it took me a long time to talk to people about Jesus. I was so afraid. Like, I skipped four weeks of outreach class. Then I'd go with a group of bold people, let them do all the talking. Like, I didn't want to talk to nobody, but I was making these baby steps. And then I started getting more comfortable to go out with a group of people to share Jesus. And then slowly, I would start to talk to people. And I paid my youngest son. Remember I told you my youngest son, he talked to anybody? Uh, outreach, I used to pay my youngest son to go on outreach with me. I'd be like, I'd be like hey, Brandon. See that, that lady over there that, with a brace on her knee? I was like, let's go talk to her. He's like, no, nah, Dad, I don't feel like it. I'll pay you a dollar. He's like, only a dollar? I was like, and uh, McNuggets. Okay, Dad, let's go. So if I, if I get my youngest boy, he'd go up. He'd be like, hi, there, you know, hi, my, you know, my dad really wants to talk to you. So Dad, talk to her. Like, it, was just like, it was just like this. But, 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 but Brandon was my icebreaker. You know, he was my icebreaker for me. And so it was like these, these baby steps. But one day I felt God say, I want you to grow in courage even more. And he's like, I want to teach you to go out even by yourself. And I was like, without my friends? I was like, I'm not as bold as some of them. He's like, he's like, no, not alone, with me. I was like, me and you? He's like, he's like yeah. I was like, okay. I feel a little nervous. <laughs> Sometimes seeing my friends is more comforting than 
Christ, you're in there somewhere. And then he, I felt the Holy Spirit say, this morning, let's go to the college, okay? And so I'm driving to the college and being like, okay, Holy Spirit, it's me and you. And then somebody, like, did something and cut in front. I got upset about something. I forget what it was, and I, I lost my temper a little bit. I don't know what it was. I just remember when I actually arrived to the college, I was not in a good place in my heart. Like, I was, I was stressed. I was, there's something happened to where I definitely felt like I was not ready for ministry at the college at that moment. And so I'm in the parking lot thinking, yeah, this isn't going to work today. I got to go home and pray some more. I got to get my heart in the right place. I got to do something. And here comes this guy with like a boot cast. Like he's got like, you know, a big old blue boot cast and crutches walking, you know, kind of towards my car on the sidewalk. And I'm like, I was like, I definitely ain't praying for healing today. Like, there's no way I'm talking to this guy about you, God. There's no way I'm not ready for this at all. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me right now, are you going to trust in you? Or are you going to trust in me and my ability? I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to trust in you, God. And so I walk up to the guy, and I just had learned how to ask a few questions about, like, hey, um, I see you have something going on with your foot. And he told me it was broken. It hasn't healed for a long time, so it should have healed, but it's an ongoing problem. It's really a problem for him. Found out he has pain of a 7 out of 10. We'll teach some of this tonight, so I encourage you, if you want to do more learning about healing, come tonight. We're going to do a fun workshop. And so uh, he, he agrees that I can pray for him. The pain level is about a 7 out of 10. And I'm literally in my mind thinking, I'm already planning my, my talk with why it didn't work. Like, in my mind, I'm already thinking of how I'm going to say goodbye to him. Thanks for letting me pray for you. Like, I, in my mind, I'm already, it's not, it didn't work already in my mind, okay? I'm already got that already planned in my mind. So I'm, like, going down to, like, pray for him. And I'm literally thinking, I'm going to just go through the motions, okay? I'm going to go through the motions, say thank you, and walk away, and I did my thing. That's what I'm planning. So I, I bend down, and I'm like, you know, just have my hands on his, 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 his cast, and I'm just kind of going through the motions. I feel nothing. All of a sudden, the guy goes, he goes, what are you doing? And I go, I'm just praying. He goes, what do you have on your hands? I said, nothing. He says, why is it getting so hot? And I go, well, I think it's God. I think it's God. <laughs> and, and I say, hot's good. Hot's good. And so then, I, so in, in that moment, of course, I'm praying different. I was like, yeah, in Jesus' name, boom, you be healed. We break this, blah, blah, blah. Way more confidence after the hotness, okay? So then I'm like, hey, maybe you should do something. Try to do something you couldn't do. And so he's testing. He's like, the pain is going down. Like, it's, it's, it's diminishing. It's like, it's going away. And, and it's like, I think it's all gone. And I didn't ask him to do this. Next thing I know, he's untaking this thing off. And he's like walking on it. And then he's like testing it out. And he's like, who are you? And, I, I, and I'm like, I'm Jason, but I did nothing. But I'll tell you who he is. And I shared who Jesus was with this guy. And he gives his life to God. So this life, this life of God is getting out of ourselves to let God be him. And what happens is we limit, our, we limit what God can do through us or wants to do through us because we're not believing what God believes about us. Okay, 
Because when God sees each of us, each of us, he sees us as his beloved son and daughter, his favorite. Like, say, I'm God's favorite. And, but we see our personality as the wrong one. We see our, this, our temperament or our, you know, our, all these tests as not the right one. It's got to be this person, this person, this person. God doesn't see that. He looks down on the earth he sees a bunch of lights. He sees a bunch of flames. He sees a bunch of anointed ones. You know that? It's the truth. When God is on the face of the earth, he's not like discouraged thinking, oh, the great generals of the end times are gone. Or he's not up there like, oh, my, my 12 apostles are gone. You know, when Jesus was alive, the, the Holy Spirit, when at, uh, there was times on the earth where there was one person at one moment that was in open heaven. There was one place, there was a time on the earth where there was only one place on the whole earth where the presence of God was. Like, if we think about that for a moment, in the temple, the Holy Holies, one place over the Ark of God's covenant, one, one thing. Then, then we have the, the apostles, and so what I'm saying is what was so cool about the, the, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and then the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he comes and lives inside, it's like, you think the devil had a problem with Christ on the earth, when Christ was on the earth, the Holy Spirit was on one place on the earth at one time. One person cannot do a lot. He did, but I'm saying, but, but when, when God's looking on the earth now, you know what? He sees millions and billions of Christ-like ones on the earth now. So if you think the enemy had a problem back in Christ's day, what about now? What about now when you go to work? What about now in your family that you got the light of God now in your family? And then the gospel of Jesus Christ is more contagious than COVID. Thank you very much. The, the, the gospel came into our lineage, our family line, because a lady on an airplane shared the gospel to my sister and me sitting on an airplane visiting our dad because my mother and dad had a divorce. So I'm leaving Canada going to San Diego to visit my father. And I'm, I think, about seven years old. My, my sister was, I think, like 13. I'm sitting by the window, my big sister sitting here, going to see dad. There's an older lady sitting next to my sister. And I just noticed this older lady seems to like to talk to my sister. So I'm sitting there. They give you coloring books. I'm doing the coloring books. And I hear you know, them talking a little bit, and I hear the name Jesus here and there, and so I don't really know what's going on. Um, I had went to a couple Sunday schools, you know, grandparents take you to Sunday schools and stuff like that. So anyway, but my grandparents really weren't walking with God. It was more religion, but anyway. So we're sitting there on the airplane, you know, I don't know how long, but the whole time the lady's talking to my, my sister. Right before, you know, when the plane lands and getting ready to land, I heard the lady, she, she says, she's like, gets my attention, and she says, hey, I was talking to your sister about Jesus and how he loves you guys and we, he, he wants you to make a decision if you want to follow Jesus. And she said, your sister said she'd like to. Would you like to? I'm like, uh, no, thank you, you know, and just do my coloring book. And so, but then what happened is my, my sister gets home. They find out there's like a, a kid's church camp. And she says, mom, can I go to the camp for, G, you know, Christian camp? Sister goes to camp, comes back with even more fire. So then my sister 
she starts praying for our family. Like, that's what my sister, 13, she's like, Jesus, touch my mom, Jesus, get my mom saved, Jesus, my dad too, Jesus, yeah, my little brother too. Like, Jesus, Jesus, praying for the family. So then what starts to happen is these supernatural chain of events where my mother goes to the YMCA gym, which she's done for a few years. That morning, she's on the treadmill, you know, right, doing her thing. Guy next to her is like, excuse me? And she's like, yeah? And he's like, have you heard the good news today? She's like, no, I didn't see the newspaper yet. He's like, no, 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 not that good news. Have you heard the good news about Jesus Christ yet today? And my mom's like, this is weird. Like, I think he's hitting on me with Jesus, but, you know, and, and she's like, that's never happened. And he's like, he's like, no, he's like, he, he, and, and he says, no, Jesus Christ. And so he's exercising, talking about Jesus. And he, this man sh- shared his testimony, how he was in crime and drugs and this and that. And just, he just shared what Jesus had did, done for him. And my mother said, when she heard this man talk about Jesus, she said it was something like, oh, uh, her heart became warm. Like, like, you need to pay attention. And so she's like, okay. And then my mom says, it's kind of hard to talk right now. <laughs> like, she's like, do you think we could finish our exercise and meet down in the ca- cafe for a coffee? And so the guy's like, yeah. So they meet downstairs for a coffee. And then the man, his name's John Durfield, he starts sharing the gospel with my mom. And says, my mom's name's Joyce. He says, Joyce, you have a decision right now. He's like, Jesus is making already his choice towards you. He says he loves you. He wants you. He gave his life for you. And he's sending out an invitation to you. But it's like a marriage. You have to get down on your knees. That Jesus is on his knees saying, will you marry me? Will you have a covenant? Will you give your life for me? But he's like, Joyce, you have to, in every good relationship, there needs to be a response. And he wants to know, will you say yes to this response and receive Jesus as your Lord? And my mom said it was so clear to her in that moment that there was two choices. And she saw her life going down one of these two choices. And my mom said she was so afraid. She didn't want to, she didn't know what yes meant, but she was so afraid not to say yes. Because she didn't, my mom said, I didn't know if I would have another opportunity. She said, I don't know how to explain it. So she said, she says, I'll say yes. And my mother said, through much tears at this table, she gave her life to Jesus at a YMCA because a man shared Jesus with her because a, a, a little lady on an airplane shared Jesus with a little girl next to her. So then the next thing happens, my dad gets saved. And then my dad doesn't just get, get saved, he goes to Bible school. And then my dad's the youngest of 14 kids. So what does my dad do? He starts praying for his brothers and sisters, the 13 of them. And then what happens to them? They start getting saved. And then my mother starts witnessing to her, her, her brothers and sisters. And now you should see our lineage, our family line. There's not many black sheep left. It's like wild. Why? Because this one lady on an airplane sowed a seed that's so powerful. And I just want to encourage that each one of us, we have God in us, and we, we're seed sowers. And that's really God's heart, and I'm super out of time. Thanks for listening to the GT Moncton podcast. For full services, head over to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or want to get connected, go to gtmoncton.com. And follow us on social media at GT Moncton to stay up to date on what's happening here at GT. God bless.